yeah I think it's really <laughs> relevant um, to make sure that we've got empathy with the user and we're thinking about them I think that that means um, obviously you always want to be bearing in mind who your audience is um, but I think with certain things you also want to try and think about how are they feeling like <laughs> by the time they come to your documentation is it something that they're coming because they're curious and they're in kind of a that kind of a mindset or are they coming there because they're frustrated and they've been mm -hmm. trying to get something to work it's not been working and um you need to make sure that the documentation is the thing that unblocks them welcome to the knowledge based ninjas podcast where gallery ram kumar of document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators Let's get started with today's episode. Good day, everyone. Our guest today is Domi Sinclair, Senior Technical Writer at Colibri. Welcome, Domi. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. Great, great. So it's a pleasure to have you as a guest to the Knowledge Based Ninjas podcast. So Domi, can you please help us to understand a little bit more about yourself and how did you get into this profession of technical writing? Yes, um, well, <laughs> I almost got into it a little bit by accident. Um, basically, how I ended up in technical writing was I was working as a learning technologist, um, which did involve <laughs> some documentation, but I actually interviewed for a job as a um, business solution analyst, um, which <laughs> I failed. <laughs> I didn't get the job, um, but they really liked me. And they actually said, hey, have you ever considered becoming a technical writer? Until then, I didn't even know that that was <laughs> an option. Um, and writing has always been a passion of mine, um, along with kind of an interest in technology. So I started looking into it, found a job at a company that um, I knew about with um, software I was familiar with, um, applied, was able to get that, um, kind of grew and learned from there. Great, great. It's a great uh, different story I heard from you, Domi. So there's been a lot of talking on empathy, emp being empathy or empathizing with users, especially when creating support documentation. So according to you, what does user empathy and how relevant is it when creating support documentation? Yeah, I think it's really <laughs> relevant um, to make sure that we've got empathy with the user and we're thinking about them. I think that that means um, obviously you always want to be bearing in mind who your audience is. Um, but I think with certain things, you also want to try and think about how are they feeling like <laughs> by the time they come to your documentation? Is it something that they're coming because they're curious and they're in kind of a that kind of a mindset or are they coming there because they're frustrated and they've been mm -hmm. trying to get something to work it's not been working and um you need to make sure that the documentation is the thing that unblocks them and so make sure that it's very concise straightforward because if you are <laughs> frustrated when you're coming to something you don't want a load of extra fluff that you don't need you'll just need to get something done so kind of yeah breaking stuff down so that some of the conceptual stuff is maybe elsewhere um, so that, you know, you're kind of making it easier for, for people if they are frustrated or if they are um, wanting to explore that, you know, they're catered for either way. Great. So Colibra being an, a, a data intelligence company, how do you make sure you are bringing that concept of empathy with users in your documentation? Yeah. Um, I mean, we try and make sure that we're 
talking to users when we can <laughs> um, to, to know how they're actually feeling, um, as well as working with other teams within the company, um, sort of making sure that we're very accessible to like the customer success teams, um, people who, who do have that FaceTime so that they can give us feedback on you know, any places where users are feeling stuck or frustrated so that we can you know, be that lubrication <laughs> that helps make the user journey much easier. Great, great. So I've, uh, I also wanted to understand a little bit more about your team, uh, Domi, if that's okay. So yeah. how big is your uh, right uh, documentation team? And if you can help me understand a little bit more on the processes that you go through before publishing the documentation? Yeah. Um, so at Calibra, the documentation team is 12 people. Um, we have grown <laughs> recently. It's the biggest team I've um, been a part of. My previous team was well, initially one, just me, I was the entire team. Um, and then we did expand, but um, yeah, so it's 12 people. Um, we actually sit within the design team, um, which mm -hmm. again is different from what I've heard elsewhere. Um, that works quite nicely because um, some of us, <laughs> such as me, also kind of double as UX writers. And I think that that works really nicely as well to kind of create um, some more synergy in like the writing experience and the use of language. Um, that kind of stuff. So yeah, so we do report up into the design team and work um, quite closely with them. Um, we also work a lot with uh, the product managers. Um, we'll, we'll all have um, different areas within the technical writing team that we kind of cover. And mm -hmm. we'll have regular syncs with the product managers responsible for that area. So we can make sure that we're documenting anything. We work on release notes with them as well so that all the release notes are <laughs> nicely written and concise. Um, and we can bring that kind of expertise that we have for writing to that as well. Um, and then, yeah, we will have we have a peer review process within the team. Obviously, we're large enough to be able to to do that. <laughs> that was yeah. something I, I didn't always have in my previous role when it was just me. I can't really peer, re peer review myself. Um, <laughs> so, so that's nice that, um, yeah, we can do that as well. Um, and then, yeah. Something probably. like a four-eye check. Yes, exactly. <laughs> great, great. So it looks like you are bringing that empathy with users right in the beginning of your de design design stage of mm. the product. Uh, I also wanted to know, how did you feel about being a one-man army or a one-woman army to a team of 12? And I'm sure you might be managing a lot of the responsibilities, right? So how did this shift change affect you and how are you handling that yeah I think it's um it's really good <laughs> um it's really nice having more people like I think that um although certainly like I like <laughs> to be in control of things so being um one I did like that kind of I had that control but I almost feel like you actually do get more control um when there's more of you because you're not kind of you can focus more on growing certain areas and kind of getting more into detail on the things that you are interested in that you mm -hmm. want to drive forwards. Um, I think that the support is also something that's really important. I really think now, um, even if you are one, you need to find those other people because there will be times when you make suggestions, um, you know, maybe it's particular language choices um, that other people maybe don't agree with but having a team of other technical writers, other people who are, are writers are, are also kind of experts in use of language, 
that can then go, no, 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 I think you're right. I think that maybe they're not understanding it and kind of support you and um, help you to kind of maybe get that extra <laughs> um, push that you need to clarify yourself and kind of fight for yourself if you need to. <laughs> um, if people are, you know, kind of maybe coming at it from more technical language that you don't think is going to translate as well to the customer who may not be as technical because um, obviously we are that bridge <laughs> that translator sometimes um, so yeah I think kind of having other people really um, is a support system that I think just helps you move forwards. Fantastic great great again um, I also wanted to understand um, based on your experience uh, of course you handled everything single-handed and now you have a big team which is a great news to hear and uh, just on your experience what should an ideal knowledge-based tool or software look like um well i think a, an ideal tool obviously <laughs> it needs to be easy um to use it needs to be really flexible as well i think that um you do want that space where you can really make it your own as in <laughs> your companies <laughs> um, and integrate different things in it as well. So um, whether that's integrating code snippets or integrating video is another thing that we're kind of exploring and the different ways that you can do that. Um, even looking at building in like tutorials and stuff because people do learn in, in different ways um, and sure. kind of, yeah, allowing that kind of flexibility so that it can work for your company and what your customers need because yeah it will vary depending on who your your audience is yes absolutely and is your documentation completely public like anybody can access it or is there a restriction or is it a private documentation um i our, our, our documentation is um publicly accessible um okay. yeah for, for the most part we have some um like if we have betas then that documentation generally isn't <laughs> public, it's not available it's not quite ready. yeah um but yeah generally we we have um open documentation great so i think we are ready to move to the rapid fire round uh tommy anything else you would like to add in this section or you're happy to take my rapid fire questions um i'm happy to do the rapid fire <laughs> great so who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career um uh, I've learned a lot from a lot of people. Um, I think I would actually probably say that um, my husband is one of the people that I've learned a lot from as well. He works um, within product. Um, he's a product director now. Um, and he's always been really good at <laughs> helping me refocus and make sure that if we're making choices that it is like database <laughs> and evidence-based and not just like on a feeling or a creative instinct. Um, and also obviously, being from product, he's very good at reminding me to send to the user if I ever do lose that <laughs> focus. Um, I think that, you know, he's one of the people that's really helped me um, with that customer empathy and, and making sure I'm always focusing on that. Fantastic. And that's another uh, different way, uh, different um, uh, person I have heard from my guests so far. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you must be reading a lot of documentations or materials out in the web. So can you share couple of uh, documentation related resources you have come across recently so that it can help our audiences too yeah um well there's a book I'm reading at the moment it's not entirely documentation related um it's called content design um it's by an author called Sarah Winters um it is kind of from that content design but obviously documentation 
and kind of be content design as well, um, particularly because I know that, you know, there are a lot of technical writers that do end up doing some UI writing as well, but there's a lot of interesting stuff in there about like the science of reading and how people read things, which again, I think is really useful when you're considering documentation. Right, right, great. And uh, just coming to my last question, what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to a 20 year old self? <laughs> I mean, that it's a possible career path is the first thing. <laughs> um, but I think that also just to remember to always ask lots of questions, um, particularly like if you're talking to product managers or engineers, just make sure that you're asking a lot of questions to really understand um, what you're documenting and cover any possible questions that customers, users might have. Um, but yeah, just kind of make sure that you're as curious as possible in those conversations and you can hone it down <laughs> when you've got loads of information. But um, yeah, it's better to have all that information. <laughs> Great. So ask as many questions as possible and bring Definitely. all your curiosities out. Great. So, Domi, I think uh, with that, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Anything else you would like to share with our uh, guests um, and audiences? Um, I think just make sure that you're enjoying what you're what you're doing. But I think that um, we have a term technical writing, but it can be so broad and varied. Like there's so many different types of technical writing and different audiences and different processes of doing it. So I think kind of trying to find the way that works for you, that you can enjoy it, I think is only going to improve the writing that you do that's going to make a better customer experience. Thank you. That's again, absolutely fantastic to have you on this uh, po podcast, uh, Domi. All Thank the you. very best for your future engagements and uh, wishing you great successes and more documentation coming out from you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank have you. a great day. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.